Have you ever thought, man, I wonder what Jim and Aaron would say about my favorite TV show? Would you like to dedicate an episode of your favorite podcast to your favorite person? Have a private phone chat with us, maybe? You can make all this happen, as well as get DVD archives of our content, show your bald move pride with backer certificates and autographed photos, and much more. And hey, they make great gifts. Just go to subbable.com slash baldmove and find out how you can support our free and independent podcasts. Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And today we're discussing episode 209, season two, episode nine, four days out. Uh, this is not quite a bottle episode. Is it a bottle episode? It's like a bottle episode that you dropped carrying into your house and it rolled down the driveway. And then when you went to go unscrew it, it just exploded. <laughs> Apparently from listening to the Insider podcast, they intended it to be a bottle episode. Yeah. But the expense of the location shooting ended up completely fucking them, and it was a nightmare. Yeah, it seems like that's something they would have foreseen, well, you know? Yeah. Like, was, we got to transport everything out here. I was just looking at some of these shots, and there's all this shot of pristine prairie grass. Yeah. I'm like, how do you get the camera crew and the vehicles and everything you need to shoot this out here? Is there, like, someone literally combing the grass? Probably. In between takes? Yeah. Wow. Because that's what I notice immediately. It's like this is every time we see it, it's like a pristine virgin setting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or maybe they just like every other day they just back the crystal ship up like thirty feet. That's <laughs> like now it's a new spot, <laughs> and it's like and the previous spot is just trash. We've got a whole jillion miles of prairie here. Mm-hmm. Let's just yeah, yeah, see how much we can destroy. It looks like a crop circle formation. They backed is back out of it. And it's new deal. Yep, crushed grass and meth everywhere. <laughs> uh, all right, so what do you want to tell us about this episode? Uh, well, a couple things. Can you smell it in the air? It's better call Saul Fever. Oh, is it? it? It's gripped the likes of uh, Al- Alan Sepinwall. Yeah, it's gripped the likes. James like- Wozniak. Gripped the likes of the internet in, in in general, I think. the I, you know, I've tried to be pretty even in how I approach the show. Mm-hmm. And like keep my expectations low because it's a spinoff of kind of a joke character. Yeah. Uh, but the internet, it's doing its damnedest to talk me out of that. I mean, we talked to <laughs> uh, Alex uh, Papadimos, right? No. It's not? No, it's not. He's the location scout and kind of location coordinator for Breaking Bad. And we talked to him at the ABQ Breaking Bad Fan Fest. And I tried, you know, it's like I I think I've said this before, but like, no shit. Is this thing going to be good? Is it going to be great? Is it going to be? And, you know, he he indicated to me that it's leaning towards greatness. And it's like, okay, whatever. I'm seeing all these reviews. Somebody, I can't remember who it was, said that it's, it's better than Breaking Bad already. And I don't know if he means that like... Season one, episode one of Better Call Saul compared to season the pilot of Breaking Bad. Uh-huh. Either way you take it, it's it seems like it's hyperbole. And then Seppenwall's review came out, and he's saying that it's like shattered his expectations for what this spinoff is going to be. Either way, we got the preview coming next week. Well, if his expectations were like mine, my expectations were that this is probably not going to be very good. 
because like you said, it's a kind of a joke of a spinoff. I mean, Saul is a joke of a character in a lot of ways. Um, you know, if this goes and kind of traces his roots uh, with Gus, it might be kind of interesting, but it seemed to me all along that it was going to be more of a comedy than a drama. That changed. Um, I I just never really took it that seriously from the very beginning. And so when people come back and say, it's for me, being better than Breaking Bad means best show ever on television. And I find that hard to believe back to back with with a creator. I mean, if he does turn this into something on par in the neighborhood of Breaking Bad, yeah, it's a huge achievement. Oh, it's yeah. It's a huge achievement to take this concept and have it really really ready before we even wrapped up with Breaking Bad. It's like, oh, yeah, Better Call Saul, we're going to do it. Huh? It seems like something that you would just say at a cocktail party. Yeah. And then it's happening, and we'll have the preview cast out next week, and the actual show's dropping a week after that. I am fairly excited. I am excited for it, and I hope it's great. I just want to not buy into this hype train that's going right now, saying best show ever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, agreed. But uh, just, again, I'm doing my part to build up the hype for the show. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> uh, this episode, 209, four days out, directed by the great Michelle McLaren, who is known uh, as a pro- prolific director of The X-Files, uh, Game of Thrones, many episodes of Breaking Bad, the better episodes of The Walking Dead. She's directing the Wonder Woman movie for DC uh, her first outing as dire- as director, which I think is awesome, that it's the Wonder Woman or Wonder Woman, not the Wonder the Woman. The Wonder Woman, yeah. Uh, and is written by Sam Catlin, who is another one of those kind of uh, Villigan insiders. He wrote the episode down, which I believe was two hundred four of this season. Uh, wrote this episode, uh, went on to write eight more, including the classic Crawl Space episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of my favorites. We've got we're 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 steeped. We're steeped in talent and uh, and filmmaking ability in this episode. Yeah. What do you think of it overall? Uh, I love it. I, I think it's one of the stronger episodes in Breaking Bad history. Um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't have quite the same effect that some of the later ones do. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but uh, when they kind of build to a big climax, yeah, it's not going to be as good as those things. Sure. Uh, but for what it is, I think it's one of the strongest episodes of the series. Watching this episode this week, I formulated this theory that this is a this is the major fault line in Breaking Bad. This is the birth of Christ. This is everything that happens before this is before four days out. Everything that happens after. <laughs> By definition, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, this launches it from the the classic Breaking Bad phase that we've kind of talked about. Um, you know, the the the, the it's it's Jesse and Walt street level. Um, you know, misadventures and hustling to make a buck and all this to what comes later, which I can't spoil anything. But you know, I don't mm-hmm. think it's a spoiler to say everything just gets bigger and crazier. Um, we move away from the more personal level and street level into, you know, him going into Scarface mode. And I think this is the episode where it all happens. This is the episode where, you know, him and Jesse's relationship really uh, transforms into a mostly benign, uh, exasperated mentor and gifted student to something more, you know, malignant. It's the, it's the transition between street level to kingpin. It's... Everything, uh, everything kind of traces back to this episode. Walt's cancer being in, in remission because obviously 
Walt Cantor doesn't be in re- remission. This is a two or three season show at best. Yeah. And the remission is what is what gives you the ability to, you know, have Breaking Bad be great. I mean, I don't know how Breaking Bad is remembered if it's done in three seasons. Because number one, yeah, certainly not. No one was watching it until season four. Yeah. And yeah. then it later became, you know, the season four, season five are what a lot of people think of when they think of Breaking Bad. Yeah, the interesting thing is uh, these early seasons kind of define Breaking Bad for me. You know, that mix of dark humor and seriousness. Sure. um, Which never quite goes away, but it's it's much less in... If I were a doctor, I'd say it's in remission. Yeah, the humor is in remission uh, starting sometime next season, and I'm like... It's shrunk by at least 80%. (laughs) Yes. Which is a lot, Skyler. Uh That's a lot. Well, I mean, you know, Vince Gilligan took his cut, 17% right (laughs) off the top. It's... Yeah, it's bad news for the humor all around. Uh, but yeah, this kind of these seasons define Breaking Bad to me. Mm-hmm. Um, at least the tone of of the series overall. Right. Uh, okay. Why don't we get into the actual recap? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We start off with Walt and his family at the doctor's office. They're kind of waiting for Walt to go in for his scan, and Marie just will not shut up about how you know. Oh, her, I've got scanning skills. I'm a technician. Technicians do more than doctors. Sure. Uh, all that stuff. Walt excuses himself to go vomit in the bathroom. Sure. What sets up the I'm just a technician uh, kind of payoff <laughs> later, when yeah. he goes, yeah. And I I don't know. You, I don't know if you've been there, but I've been there a couple times where it's like, and my aunt is a um, is exactly the same thing Marie is, only she's not a kleptomaniac and, and uh, you know, not Marie. Uh-huh. But uh, she's a radiation technologist or tech too or whatever the hell they call them. And she says the same thing, like... The radiation techs, mostly at a glance, can tell you the exact same thing the doctor's going to tell you later. All right, I mean, so so then technician in Walt's scan has a good poker face. Yeah. Or or he realizes exactly what that is and just doesn't see it as a problem at all. Or... There's a lot of inflammation there. Yeah, well, I mean, I had this where, like, you know, when I had my gallbladder taken out, my gallbladder was described as being full of stones like a bag of marbles mm, essentially like a dice bag yeah and i i asked the radar or the radi- radiation tech if they could see like you know what what the scope was when i walked out of the booth and they're like yeah you have to talk to your doctor and i'm like come on you can fucking tell me that my gallbladder is full of stones yeah <laughs> bursting at the seams but i can stones. see like you're you're getting paid Forty five, fifty thousand dollars. Let the doctor let the doctor deal with the crying and the screaming yeah, and the you know, blowing your brains out. I'm not going to give you that bad news if it's good or bad, you know. Also, I imagine that the hospital could be sued if the technician tells you one thing and it turns oh, out to be yeah. completely false. Yeah. Well, that guy wasn't trained. Why he has sure. no business telling you. Oh well And I think you need lawsuit. the doctor for the one or two percent cases where that's not a tumor. Maybe that's the thing. Like the radiation technician's like, Oh yeah, you're a dead man, but but it's really just, you know, standard radiation yeah. irritation or who knows. Um, but, you know, yeah. it's like you can't look at these images for 10 years and not know kind yeah, of what the score is. At least, like, kind of good from bad. Like, yeah. if it's totally clear, they could be like, yeah, it's totally clear. Right. I see nothing. But again, that's, you know, above their pay grade. So what the hell? Yeah. Anyway, Walt goes in for the scan. Uh, we talked about this scene. He, he has a technician. He says, oh, was, you were fine. But he sees something bad in the reflection, which is the important part for this episode. You know, in a less, I feel like a lesser show would stretch this reveal out at least another episode. 
I mean, this is damn near a cliffhanger. The fact like waiting that, for the news. Yeah, and... He sees this big ass tumor. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know enough to know that a mass that huge and shouldn't be in your lungs. And if that is, I, I feel like a lesser show that would have been the f- climax of an episode, and then we'd have to wait until the next episode. I don't know. I mean, this to, to this get is the news. this this is the entire setup for this episode. Without this moment of Walt seeing that reflection, he doesn't go out into the desert and cook. But we've for four talked days about straight. that. How like it seems like Breaking Bad this season amazingly is fitting two and three episodes worth of stuff yeah. into one episode. So like you're getting this could be a three episode arc for a lot of shows where you get the and, and oh what do I do and oh, we got to get the supplies and then you have the cooking that's another episode and then you have the you know denouement the 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 resolution of it all and this yeah. just happens in a taut 50, 49 minutes <laughs> yeah there it seems to kind of slow down the pace of the season a little bit but at the same time you know it delivers a lot of punch in the the 40-something minutes that it does give us mm-hmm. of Walt and Jesse. Mm-hmm. Um, not action punch, but a lot of character stuff, um, which right. we'll talk about later. Right. Anyway, Walt and Saul are in his office, and they're talking about his cancer. Uh, Saul seems very unconcerned about Walt, much more concerned about the money. He calculates Walt's profits after laundering, and it comes out to ninety nine sixty, nine thousand nine hundred sixty dollars Not much, <laughs> as Saul puts it. Uh, congratulations, you just left your family a secondhand Subaru. <laughs> Which, Which I think Albert is his Kirky, best line this, you know, this what, episode. What do you, what do you need uh, uh, full-time all-wheel drive for in Albuquerque? Sure. Uh, I Yeah, and it's amazing how Saul's bedside manner is so terrible. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I get that he's that's kind of his thing, but mm-hmm. just to basically say, like, God, you're, you know, it's like I'm I'm hoping to make... Oh, hoping to, to to pull the money pump a little bit more than 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 what you're going to be able to give me, dead man. Pretty much, yeah. No, it's uh, he's already taken a, a brutal cut of his money. Seventeen percent is no joke. Uh, so he, he's only For that getting... kind of professional service, though. I mean, I was kind of shocked when I first heard this that mon- money laundering was relatively cheap. Like, I would not mm-hmm. be surprised if it's like a a, a a fifty cents on the dollar proposition. So he's losing seventy five, or he's losing a quarter right off the top. And uh, I'm, I'm just for I'm the, thinking the Saul launderers. takes his six point five percent off the top too. That's it, he's taking off the gross. Six point five, seventeen, man, seventeen percent. He's oh, taking. Se- so yeah, so it, it's it's effectively high. what what is that effectively? Uh, seventy five, sixty five percent, sixty percent. Uh, so I guess it's sixty cents there. on the dollar. Yeah, like fifty eight percent. All right, so that's about where I was. That that's close to where I was thinking. Yeah, so not a ton of money. But then again, you don't pay taxes on it. No, you don't. You don't pay any taxes on that. <laughs> so it's a wash. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't get it. That's the one thing about you know Boardwalk Empire that always confused me was like, oh, well, they made a law that if you don't report your criminal income on your taxes, you're going to jail. You're going to jail anyway because it's criminal income. <laughs> right, but that's the thing. I mean, they made I it... I get that they did it as a loophole to, to prosecute people. Sure. But... At the same time, how do you know they're criminals unless you've already caught them for criminal activities above and beyond not reporting income? Well, unless that's the thing. I mean, essentially, you have to, you have to spend money, and if they can't, you if you got all this compartmentalization between you and the Godfather, the Godfather's still living in his mansion, and he's still got his olive oil bit, and then unless he's paying taxes on that legit style, then kaboom! But you know, True. that's amazing. I. I feel like 
it was a lot simpler pre-prohibition that you just didn't pay worry about paying that you didn't worry about money laundering yeah you didn't worry about having a front yeah, it was just, really hard to track that stuff. You just lived in a penthouse and stacked up ca- uh, stacks, and as long as nobody could say, yeah, he told me to kill him, you're okay. Yeah. It's really hard being a criminal nowadays, man. <laughs> like, money laundering in the internet age? I wouldn't with know. With all this DNA evidence? Wouldn't know. Yeah. All right, they we go back to the White House, and they're laying in bed, and Skyler suggests that uh, they do something over the weekend. And Walt says that he wants to visit his mom instead, which is... You know, kind of surprising, but kind of not. Uh, apparently, we get the impression here that um, Walt doesn't talk to his mother much, and that Skylar doesn't like her. Yeah, that there's uh, some kind of weird thing about their. There's a hang-up in their relationship. It's yeah. not just, you know, a, a Tony Soprano and his mom type of relationship. Well, that's actually pretty bad. Yeah, that's really bad. I'm, I haven't watched *The Sopranos*, but my, my my girlfriend's marathoning it, and I'm picking up some by osmosis. Oh yeah, uh, and yeah. just some conversations I'm having with her. So okay, we gotta scale it back. It's not like a everybody loves Raymond's mother kind of situation where they're just merely annoying. There's some kind of yeah pathological uh, upbringing, deep seated thing, which would go a long way to explaining maybe Walter White. Yeah, no, I think so. Um, I, I think it goes a long way to explaining a lot of people, you know? I mean, yep. uh, your parents are a huge influence on your life, For good period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Walt is, uh, not very hopeful about, like, whether she's going to leave them money, I think is what he, what his claim is here. He's going up there to see if, like, to make sure that when he dies, she's going to leave them money. Oh, that's what... It, or, yeah. or when she dies, she's going to leave the family money. I think that's what he was saying. Well, she's definitely got a nose for numbers. I mean, those uh, sugar packets do not escape her her <laughs> baleful gaze. All right. Uh, then we go over to Jesse and Jane, who are laying in bed in in a bed covered in giant yellow sheets. Um, they're going to the museum to learn about George O'Keefe when Walt calls and says, nope, nope, cancel your plans, we got to go cook. Um, and Jesse doesn't want to. Jesse's like, no, man, I'm going to the Vagina Museum. And Walt's like, Walt then lies to him about the methylamine going bad. Mm-hmm. Which he's like, fine. I love the contrast between these two scenes of the couple laying in bed with no future, trying to <laughs> grasp on uh-huh. to some desperate optimism, and then the couple laying in bed with, you know, all their future laid before them. And mm-hmm. the different reaction to, you know, Skyler wanting to do something and Walt's like, nah, and Jesse being up for it, but then is trumped by Walt. There's, I like how there's like a yin yang to that. And even, you know, the Walt in Skyler's bedroom is a little darker and more subdued. And, you know, as oh, you yeah. pointed out, you got the lemon yellow sheets and all that stuff in, in Jesse's bedroom with the egg crates. And it, yeah, no, Jesse, Jesse uh, is loving the yellow. Yeah, this this episode. Um, Jesse's flat is like the most bachelor bachelor place you can get. Oh man, he's sitting on lawn chairs in his living room watching his big screen. The milk, the, the the fact that he got a <laughs> you got a big screen and you're using milk crates for a end table for your yeah. bed. Yeah, and you've got no bed, not even like a cheap twenty dollars <laughs> steel frame. He bought a mattress, yo. Yeah, king size. Yeah, true. <laughs> 
and he got sheets for it. He yeah. didn't have sheets last time. They, they, I mean, clearly upgraded from the plastic. Yeah. Uh, question, what do you think about Jesse and Jane uh, having seen kind of their relationship develop over the last couple of episodes? It uh, seems like she might be good for him. They're like cute. she's she's yeah, they're cute. encouraging him to get out and do some stuff and have fun and the cute and maybe educate himself a little bit. They're, they're, they're cute and she's she's clearly seems like she might be getting him off drugs. Like because he was smoking, he was like yeah, laid out on his living room floor smoking bongs and yeah. like she said, oh well, I'm I'm a recovering addict and I can't do that stuff. And now he's not doing it either. It seems. Well, so I'm also don't you think it's interesting how they. It feels like they've come from similar backgrounds of, you know, not yeah. privileged, at least. They were, you know, Jesse's family is well off. They're mm-hmm. you know, solidly middle class uh, with access to decent schools and education. And, and, you know, they got the Internet and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Jesse has almost devolved from that. Mm-hmm. Like Jesse talks like he grew up in the gutter. Where Jane, uh, you know, 18 months into recovery has, you know, she's she's still pursuing her art and she's, you know, knows who fucking Georgia O'Keeffe is, for Christ's sake. Uh, and, uh, you know, Jesse, if not for her, would still be in the eating Cheetos, smoking dope and masturbating phase of his of his bachelorhood. Yep. Uh, why does Walt lie here? Why does Walt say the methylamine going bad? It's just to make Jesse go out and do it. But does he not think if... Jesse has always seemed remarkably sensitive about the whole family thing and about the uh, 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 the, the cancer because he had his experience with his aunt. And even yeah. in this episode, he's propping Walt up and like, look, you've done it all for your family, right? It feels to me if he just like, look, Jesse, I just got a, I just got my cancer scan and I have a big ass tumor in my lungs. It's worse than I thought. We don't have much time. Yeah. I feel like the Je- that would be enough to get Jesse in. But is that are we supposed to get that? Or is it to show that, like, Walt's first and last instinct is just a lie because no one will ever <laughs> understand or see things the way he does? That could be it. That could be it. Uh, I don't. I honestly don't know. I wasn't sure why he didn't tell him the truth here because it, it seems like you're right. That, that would make a lot of sense to Jesse. Right. And um, it's like, you know, if I was Jesse, my first question would be, when is it going bad, yo? Like, we've been sitting on this barrel for, like, a month. Is it, like, this weekend? Yeah. It's like milk. You know, you let it get a day yeah. or two, and it starts getting cottage cheese. What What's going on here? Totally. Definitely. It's going to turn into mercury fulminate. So the other thing, when you ask a question about... <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> oh. Uh, the other thing, when you ask me about Jane and Jesse... Yeah. ...is, if I'm a first-time watcher, I'm noticing her reactions to... Because she no, realizes this is her his quote-unquote father, his fake father. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And when he comes, you know, is like all in a flurry and beating the door, she follows his glance out with a kind of a thoughtful look on her face. And she didn't like Walt much from the get-go. That seems mm-hmm. like it's definitely the fly in the ointment, that there's going to be something. And, and this episode also does a lot of foreshadowing about... Uh, you know, Walt not being exactly thrilled at the idea of uh, Jesse having a girlfriend. Yeah. Just like I, I speculated a couple episodes ago that just the idea that he doesn't have Jesse exclusively at his beck and call. Yeah. When he needs him to out, be out there making money and helping him cooking meth. And it doesn't help that he's ruining, that Walt's ruining their weekend plans, you know? I mean, that's, she definitely took notice of that. Right. But Jane knows the score. 
Jane knows he's up to some shady shit. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. swimming in cash. He's, you know, buying flat screens. <laughs> Doesn't have, I mean, she lives right next door to him. You can hear the doors banging all throughout. The, I mean, yep. if, he's yep. got no gainful employment. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Uh, well, Skylar is then seeing off Walt at the airport. And as soon as she leaves, as soon as she leaves, Jesse pulls up <laughs> in the mobile meth lab with all of the equipment, and then we commence the desert driving montage. Uh, that's, yeah, yeah, I'm with Walt here. You brought a meth lab to the airport? Yeah. What are you doing, man? Well, and I was struck by how conflicted I was in this scene, because in the context of the entire series... Mm-hmm. Him saying goodbye to Skylar and just using this relationship with his mother to manipulate her and to just a no questions ask, spending four days away from family when you think you're going to die, is just indefensible. Oh yeah, it's dastardly. But at the in, at the same time, I, you know, leaving your family seven hundred thousand dollars when you're going to be dead is, and you don't have any life insurance and all that stuff is not nothing. Now, my advice yeah. was for Walt was, you know, when you were twenty five, you should have bought a fucking term life policy and not worry about it. Uh, and barring that, you should have taken Elliot and Gretchen's off. Exactly. There's a lot of lot of if only he had done this, none of this would ever happen. But yeah. it's still like that's one of the fault lines of this series that this still feels if I put my Walt hat on if i put my pork pie hat on and my sunglasses this looks and feels morally defensible if you think you're dying in two to four weeks yeah it's kind of noble to go out there and 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 cook all this and make money as a trust for your your kids and family sure and i i don't want to get too much uh into the ending of this episode yet but that is definitely all tied in with walt's kind of rage in the bathroom at the end sure We'll we'll get there. I feel, I have a feeling we'll talk about that scene quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Rage in the some... bathroom, yeah, yeah, doesn't quite call to mind. You know, you don't think of like punching out a. a, a you think <laughs> of some horrible Taco Bell experience, you know, <laughs> sure, a rager sure. in in the toilet. Yeah, he's not on the toilet, but you know. Anyway, at the cook site, Walt examines their food and their equipment. Uh, make sure Jesse got everything. And then Jesse wants to make a phone call, but Walt won't let him. And Jesse can't use his own phone because he doesn't get reception out there. Uh, he also tries to put the keys on the workstation. Walt objects. And so instead, he puts them in the ignition. And we see a conspicuous shot of a light on the dash coming on. Mm-hmm. Which... Red danger. Yeah. Bad news for later. Don't need a color guy to tell me that's that's not good. Nope. Uh, what do you think... <laughs> I don't need a doctor to tell me that their diet is not going to be healthy for those few days. No. Funyuns, gummy bears, donuts. Speaking of rage in a bathroom, <laughs> uh, that diet is yeah. – it's, it's like, you know, you, when we used to have the land parties? Oh, yeah. And you'd, you'd basically eat uh, chicken nuggets, uh, pizza, and Mountain Dew for two or three days straight. Yep. Uh, number one, the funk in whatever building we inhabited. Uh, number two <laughs> – these strange gastrointestinal things. Oh, yeah. Bad news. Not, and it's the funny thing. It's like, you know, Walt's like, how do you even survive? Well, young men just eat out and buy prepackaged food. That's how they, that's how they get, yeah. get by. Sure. Their guts are designed to turn anything <laughs> into energy. So, 
At least for a few years until their guts stop working. Until your 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 stone filled gallbladder is removed, and you go from being <laughs> able to eat anything to oh god, rage in the bathroom overnight. <laughs> it's, yep. it's the struggle is very real. Uh, right after that, we get a cooking montage, which is awesome. It's, it's one of my favorites. Is it the? I, I wrote this in my notes. Is this the greatest cook scene in Breaking Bad history? No, it is not. And I will tell you which one is better. In the spoiler section. If it's not number one, I think it's got to be number two. I, I would give it number two. Sure. There is a better one that's that's coming up at the end of season four, beginning of season five. I think uh, it's the no, end of no, season no. four. The, the, the one, I guess we should break down in the spoiler section, but I think yes. you're thinking of mid-season five. Oh, yeah, because they split that out into two years. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I am. So. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we can't talk about that here. Nope, not in front of the newbies. Not in front of the newbies, Jim. Nope. Uh, so we find out after the cookie montage that they have cooked roughly $1.3 million worth of meth, and uh, then the generator dies, and Jesse suggests, okay, let's let's regroup, let's take the night off, let's go get off these cots, get to a, a real bathroom, because our insides are bleeding. Sure. Um, this, this and R- they go to start the RV, and it won't start. And this has been a long time coming. Like there's been at least two, maybe three instances where the you know the argument over who can start the RV better and who's flooded what. Oh and, yeah, and the ignition switch being tricky. This is this has been a long time building in season one and season two. No, no, and now fool, fool me once, shame on me. Right, like let Jesse try to start the RV once, shame on me. Let him try to start it the second time, shame on him because Walt never should have let Jesse try it after they they hand crank the generator right that was just a bad move right and yeah i mean only having the one cell phone signal that you can't use even in the case of emergencies there's lots of lots of bad bad ideas going on here uh the fact that you drive yeah. out in the middle of the desert in this decrepit wreck mm-hmm. uh without any kind of backup plan i don't know i i don't know where the fact that you don't start you don't start thinking about walking until you're too weak to walk. Sure. Like they totally could have walked out of there. 15 miles is not that much even in the hot desert sun. Right. You could do it when you still had your water supply. Even if you don't. Like okay, we're well hydrated. Let's start walking. Yeah. We'll get there we'll in finish time. Finish this Gatorade. We'll get the tow bucket. truck guy to come out here and yeah. tow us back. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons that this is kind of shaky. Uh, in my mind, as yeah. far as like a plot goes, sure. But you know, it's what it's in service of, and I think that is the. And I gotta the say, really the first time feature. I watched this, I did none of those concerns were on my mind. Yeah, yeah. Like I was just, uh, you know, how in the hell are you going to get out of here? It's yeah. It's the I guess very similar to like being stuck in a blizzard in like the northeast or Midwest. Only it's sure. in the desert, but it's like you know you're. Shit starts getting really we- real when the last year water runs out. And you can't start your vehicle, and there's no uh-huh. cell phones. And and the thing is, like, he can't just call anybody, right? Because he's got a fucking meth lab there. Like, he's got to call his dumbass dealers. Better to come idea. Pick him up. Better. I- Here's the biggest plot hole. Now that I'm thinking of it. <laughs> All right. Do you call Skinny Pete? No. Or do you call Saul? Better call Saul. Cause Saul can be your head your your head coach. Sure. Like. Call, Saul makes phone calls happen. Call Saul follows up and makes sure you're found. Yeah. You know, Saul writes down your goddamn directions and gets them right. Calling Skinny Pete 
Like even Walt didn't have a problem with that. No, he didn't. That's the that's... big. I think that's the biggest hole coming uh, you know, coming back uh, and thinking about this again. Yeah, I mean they could have called even the tow truck guy. He might have come out for the right amount of money. Uh, but I'm saying you got you, you got people for this now. He does. Yeah, Saul would th- would be more than happy to jack up the price of a tow truck or whatever to come. You know, especially when there's oh yeah one point three million dollars in the offing. Yep. Anyway, so they get into an argument after the RV won't start about whose fault it is. Um, and then they decide we're going to use the generator to jump the battery. They siphon some gas into it, spilling it all over the generator in the process. And so, of course, when they start it, it explodes and Jesse grabs the water, dumps it on the generator and strands them out in the desert with no water. Sure. Great. Good job, guys. Good Although job. I don't, I don't know how... I, none of this really makes sense. Uh, I don't see how... I mean, I've been sloppy filling a lawnmower up in my time. I've never made one explode. Uh, I mean, this was dumping. This was not just sloppy. He doused the fucking thing. Here's the thing. What in the hell did pouring water on it do to damage that generator? Like I could see if you the if if like the carburetor or whatever filled up with water. But Walt field strips this son of a bitch in in the next scene. Drain the water, you know, get it running again. It seems like there again, it's, it's another thing where I'm just nitpicking it to death at this point. But dumping water on something, I don't know if that just permanently makes the generator go out of commission or not. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if if maybe if he had crossed the red and the black at some point and it, yeah, that literally blew it up. Sure, but I don't know. This not quite doesn't quite make sense. Maybe eh, I don't have probably. Maybe generator mechanic will will email and tell us exactly. <laughs> there you go. How it happens? Sure. Uh, I like Jesse's line here uh, when Walt tells him to really pull this time, not like a girl. He's like, pull this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a callback to the first episode, they do that a lot. Oh yeah. The uh, whatever this, and somebody will grab the crotch. Yeah, Walt's a fan of that too. Wipe down the oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. Totally. Anyway, uh, Jesse tries to get a signal on his phone up on top of the RV with some kind of makeshift antenna, but he can't. Then they argue again about whose fault it is, and then finally Walt lets Jesse call Skinny Pete uh, to come pick them up. It gets um, cold in the desert. It does. You n- notice this. Yeah, they're starting to bundle up in that scene, and then in the next scene they're in the RV, and they look like they're really cold. Um, Jesse's talking about... You know what the taste of urine is like, and how he saw it on a show one time, and uh, it's like flat soda, I guess, like hot, warm, stale soda. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'd have to. Uh, you'd, you'd have to talk to Bear Grylls. There's a Probably. man who knows what urine tastes like. So they call up Skinny Pete again. He's on his way, but they figure out, oops, he's heading in the wrong direction. Just as the phone dies, leaving them stranded out there with nobody coming to help them. And I got to say, at this, at this point, that. You got to talk about the cinematography of Breaking Bad. Because, oh, yes, yeah. it might have cost an arm and a leg to get out there and film on location, but the blue skies and the clouds and the grasses and the sunsets just was a. Yeah. It's a Ken Burns documentary. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. The, I mean, even they do stuff like the heater that they've got going inside the RV, yeah. which I don't know the how that's glow, I don't the, know how that's running. I don't think it's I, so I, I don't think that's a heater. I think that's one of those glow lamps that works like uh you screw in those mini miniature bottles of propane to oh, it. Oh, okay. So they had gotcha. a couple of those. But the, like the reds coming off of that are very yeah. very evocative color there um with the oranges and the yellows in the field and yeah, I, the just the palette of this episode is fantastic. 
as is most of Breaking Bad. Um, so the next day, Jesse wakes up, and he finds Walt outside hand-cranking the generator. And Walt looks really tired, so Jesse takes over, and we get a cranking montage mm-hmm. with, with narration. Cranktage. Yeah, uh, about how, you know, we're going we're gonna to let it... We're going to crank it, and we're going to let it go, we're going to see what happens. Yes, we do. <laughs> All right. Uh, they keep doing that. Walt has a coughing fit. And then Jesse figures out, oh, the only reason we're out here cooking is because Walt's dying. His cancer is serious. What'd you make of that great shot of Walt in the lawn chair where it's 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 filmed from like an anti perspective? Uh-huh. And his... Uh, there's two things about it. Number one, he's like... Um, I, I felt like that he looked... The, the forced perspective there made his forearm, forearms and hands look huge, like Popeye-esque. But, mm. you know, where, which kind of makes you think, amplifies the, like, you know, think about how tired your hand would be after doing all that days of cranking. And also it's, like, kind of similar effect to some of the Renaissance sculptors where they would make, like, uh, Michelangelo's David, where the hand and head are exaggerated and huge for some kind of effect. Uh-huh. But I couldn't... It, it kind of looked like he was... Um, you know, Lucifer smote down, and he's just the, this wreck laying on the desert, or um, you know, kind of an uh, this isn't a spoiler, but it's kind of a spoiler, an Ozymandias type, just wreck in the desert. Mm-hmm. Did you get that, or is this just me uh, reading too much into it? I didn't get it, but uh, th- I mean, the the obviously it's supposed to show like just how much of a toll this is taking on Walt. I I don't know about like statues of David and all that shit, uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting to see, you know, Jesse is not even sure that Walt's alive at that point. Yeah. He goes over there, he's like kind of expecting to see that the old man's croaked, you know. Anytime I see a director uh do some extreme perspective like this, I feel like they're trying to evoke something from us. Yeah. And what it got evoked for me is this like again, this this wreckage of this man that's just despairing in the desert. I, at this point, um you know, Walt's thinking, if this works, I'm still a dead man. And yeah. he's, like, really starting to crawl into the asshole of fatalism at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think that he really, combined with his complete lack of surprise in the next scene, or his complete lack of reaction mm-hmm. uh, when they turn over and it just immediately dies, it doesn't really take off, I feel like that he never even really believed in this whole thing that this, you know, when he was telling Jesse, this has to work. He had already talked himself out of that before he even tried it. Yeah, you might be right. Um, I mean, here in a couple scenes, we're going to get to the point where Walt just really gives up. Cause his, because because when, when Jesse comes out after he, he starts RV and he dies, Walt has already coughed up all his blood in his hand. I mean, yeah, like it's hard to get excited about making it out of the desert to live when you're two weeks away from dying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's when, you know, when Jesse goes out there and we're, you know, it's the next scene. So we're just going to talk about it. Um, and Jesse goes out there and Walt is sitting in that field. Yeah. That's Walt just giving up and realizing the futility of it. But that's what I'm saying. I felt like somehow he gave up before this because, there was no catharsis. There's no ere- uh, react. There's no erection. There's no reaction. There's nothing from him when it f- the thing fails. Like there was no deflation. But he it was, was kind just... of like in the middle of a coughing, a serious like blood coming from my lungs coughing yeah. fit too. And he was just he was on his way out the door before the thing even really started. Okay, as as far as I remember, anyway. 
Um, but but I I do agree with you. You know, he's he is slowly over the course of this episode giving the fuck up. Sure. So I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying he's got other things on his mind too. Um. So they decide it's time to start the RV. It dies after it starts. Jesse freaks out. He goes outside. The coughing uh, of the blood in his hands. Sees this is just the most beautiful shot. Period. In this episode is Walt sitting uh chic style in this just massive field of Walt grass. of Arabia. Yeah, exactly. Uh and it's just like it's so clear out there. Like it 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 makes me think that he is start he's understanding his predicament. Like he's he's seeing very far into the distance. Oh, well I'm dead if I don't get out of here. Yeah. I'm that's... dead if I do get out of here. So what's the point? I'm very glad we made the pilgrimage to Albuquerque because, you know, it's like the whole uh, celebrity selfie hashtag no filter. That's all New Mexico, man. You don't need a particularly oh, yeah. a partic- you don't like I always thought the blues were exaggerated or the but that's no you, you get in the right light. And, yeah. And you, you point a camera in a direction and it's magic and yeah. it's just really amazing. And it's it's kind of a, a unique big sky desert prairie, just like all these mismatched things all together. Yep. Uh, Walt and Jesse are laying in the RV and here's where I think Walt really has just realized the futility of it all. He's saying he deserves this and that he can't even remember all of his lies at this point. He's told so many. Uh, Jesse decides he's going to walk, but Walt then describes exactly what will happen to his body as he does. Uh, and Jesse starts brainstorming some ideas to save him with science. You know, they got all this shit around him. Let's use it. Which, you know, all of his ideas are terrible, but it does give Walt an actual idea that will save them. <laughs> Build a robot to save us. <laughs> or a dune buggy. A dune buggy is the best, yeah. yeah. And we'll dune buggy our way out of here. <laughs> Which still, out you of gotta, what? You don't have any gas. And and you've got to still start the thing. I know. You need a battery for a dune yeah, buggy. <laughs> yeah. You need a spark to start the explosion in the internal combustion machine. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I don't know. This, this, is, this is a great scene. This is, I don't, I, it's definitely not Walt's uh, chickens coming home to roost, but it is his realization that they, they, they're going to. It's the or vultures. They or it's he vul- feels that they have. It's the vultures. It's not the chickens. It's the vultures circling overhead. Like, he can feel it. Not yes. only is he going to die, mm-hmm. not only is everything he's done in vain, but it's actively destroyed his legacy in his family's eyes. And he's got to be thinking, like, when they find our bodies, yeah, yeah, in the desert with piles of meth, they're going to know what happened here, and yes. my family's going to know. Yes, yeah. So not as, not only has he not succeeded in his mission, but he has failed at protecting his family. Period. Yes. He's made it worse. Yeah. Uh. So I mean that that little bit of Walt's character here just it says to me that yeah he he still is in this for his family. I think you're right about that. Um, as, as much as, you know, he's done some bad things and he's done some things out of greed, he's also still got his family on his mind. Yeah. And I, I, again, uh, you can debate the wisdom of it, but I do think that at this point, Walt is very much doing this for the family. Yeah. And, you know, when that shifts and what shifted or whether there's a component of self, you know, obviously there's a component of selfishness and pride and all that in the genesis of this, but you know, Walter White never starts cooking meth 
and killing people if he doesn't get diagnosed with cancer and is afraid that he's yeah. going to leave his family destitute mm-hmm. and disappoint them. And it feels like <laughs> he just this does is that a man in... who's used to disappointing people. I was like, going to say explains, he just does that in the way that Walt normally disappoints. That explains the reaction to Gretchen, like going to their fa- well-to-do family and like, oh, well, shit, you know, time to pull the ripcord. This, this charade has gone on long enough. These people mm. have got money and all this and I can never be good enough. And mm. like, you know, that all gotta go, that's got to go back to his parents, right? Sure. This is Imagine a sad so. man that's constantly disappointed everyone that he's loved and himself. And Yep. Yep, Walt's uh, Walt's a pitiful character in a lot of ways. Sure. Um, so uh, one way he's not pitiful is in his science knowledge, and he schools Jesse in this next scene on building a battery, uh, or at least he tries to school him. But Jesse's so dumb that he thinks wire is an element. <laughs> yeah. And what wire are we going to? Yeah, great, great line. Yeah, that's it's that's that always sucks though when someone. I hate that style of teaching. Where where they expect you to deduce things? No, and not... ask you questions, leading <laughs> questions. Well, there's like it's not, it's like a a poor attempt at the Socratic method, because the person has to know what you're asking them. You're not leading them to draw a conclusion or leading them to go through the path of reasoning to come to this conclusion. You're just trying to pull out facts out of their brain. Yeah, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's like... And it's, it would be one thing, like, Walt Walt t- taught this young man chemistry. Like, he kind of knows the depth of his ignorance and, and what he's working with here. So... Like, like if Jesse didn't understand the concept of addition, mm-hmm. and you asked him, you said, oh, right, we want to get to 46. 42 and... Right. And Jesse just doesn't get addition. Like, he doesn't know how to build a battery. He well, has I mean, no talking, idea that he's copper... talking zincs and electrolytes and anodes yeah. and, and and all this stuff. And, and you know, Jesse, instead of being like, yeah, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah. So maybe uh-huh. he, it, it's both of them. Jesse's way of trying to kind of slack his way to passing for whatever in whatever social situation yeah, and, no, and that's Walt's what I kind of just, you know, thinking that Jesse's getting it. I don't know, but I I just I don't know. I've I've been in that situation where someone thinks something's obvious and I still have no idea what they're talking about. It's just awkward. Yeah. Because you either you're forced to say, I'm a much bigger dumbass than you think I am. Or you're a dumbass and you're not explaining. Or you're this a terrible correctly. teacher or whatever. I mean, there's there's no easy way out of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think in this case Jesse is probably the dumbass. <laughs> Uh, even though these concepts are not particularly in his wheelhouse. Uh, I really like this relationship coming back to teacher and student, though, because Walt clearly, like, he takes this opportunity when they're in a life-and-death situation to try and teach Jesse. I feel like he really likes teaching. Like, when when you see him in his classroom, he's he's very expressive. He's very, uh, he's just overflowing with kind of joy to teach these kids things. Um, and that that comes out, you know, in in the student that he was never able to teach uh, correctly. Here, he's now getting another opportunity for that. I like it. Sure, but he's also very. I mean, I, I read some analysis in the last few weeks where people are trying to peg, like, oh, look at Walt. He's rolling. He's rolling meth kingpin even on his students. Like, you know, don't bullshit a bullshitter and not good enough and all these things. But you go back and I look disagree. at yeah. when Jesse dug out his papers from Mister uh, White. Uh, from his chest in one of the season one episodes, 
you know, Walt was writing that shit on his yeah, paper. Apply yourself. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, you know, F minus minus, you're a fucking idiot. Apply <laughs> yourself. Like, he's kind of always been that. But that way. I, I can see why he would get frustrated with that. You know, it's like he knows that there is more potential in these people, in these kids, and they are just not applying themselves. They are, they just don't care at all. I don't know. And like, he's there to, to try to educate them, to try to give them you know, a, a bright future. They're just unwilling to accept it from him. That would be exasperating. I found chemistry hard, uh, hard, hard to slog through. Yeah. I'm I love science. I hate math. And it's almost like that's the intersection, hmm. you know, doing all this math, like and math. F- calculating molar masses and electron shells and the ice. It's, uh, that's where it's like, man, I, I wish, I love the applications and the cool experiments and stuff, but the actual theory behind it, which seemed like that's what they want to cram down your throat at first, which probably you need to. Yeah. I just, you know, I was like a C average student in chemistry. Yeah, see, I always liked, I, I always thought chemistry was tedious and slightly dangerous. Like, I don't know if it was a teacher who gave me that impression. Like, oh, he makes the wrong chemicals, going to blow your ass out. Right. Uh, and so, like, I was into computers at the time, and it was like, oh, well, this computer, I can I can do an experiment right now. Right. Boom. I, I type in some numbers, some letters, and I've got a web page or sure. something. Yeah, you know? yeah. Whereas chemistry, you've got to, like, set up all your equipment, get the heat just right. Like, there's yeah. so many, like, very fiddly bits that you've got to mess with to get an experiment just right. What's amazing, looking back, is my parents gave me a chemistry set when I was, like, eight or nine. Uh-huh. And it had like 50, 60 chemicals and beakers and a Bunsen burner and like all this shit. Uh-huh. And it was just like, oh, here, you like science? Here you go. And I went up to my room and I started like lighting fires and boiling shit and <laughs> burning sulfur. And and I can't imagine doing it with my kid. Yeah. Like here's the – if you ingest half of this shit, you will probably die uh-huh. or you'll be shitting purple. Something bad's going to happen. <laughs> but my parents are just like – Wait, that's bad? Here's a chemistry kit, kit uh, set, kid. Have fun. Yeah. No, like let's sit down at the kitchen table and get our safety – no safety goggles. No. Nope. Hell no. No. Nope. So when you mix that sodium in that water, it's going to splash up in your eyes. Yeah, yeah. I'm done for. No, I, I left a um I left a test tube uh boiling and I got distracted by something. Uh and like five minutes later I hear just because it had boiled out and shattered uh-huh. and leaked out all this shit and on the made a big stain on my carpet. And it was just like, well, I guess I'll just move my uh nightstand <laughs> to cover that. Like <laughs> my parents are are psychotic. Yeah. No, I mean it's a different time. Different time. I is it? <laughs> Was it ever a good time to give an eight-year-old a chemistry set? No, no. People just weren't concerned about that. Right? I, I Weren't they? I, your, your parents apparently weren't. I don't know, man. I love my dad, but wow, that was a questionable decision. <laughs> yep. Anyway, uh, I forget where we're at in here. The the science lesson about the batteries? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, they built a homemade battery. Oh, yeah. Or so an they, RV-made battery. They didn't go hook up the battery, try to start the RV, and presto, it starts. Boom. They're saved. They're relieved. Oh, we forgot to talk about the the scene where they cook the meth and they calculate how much money it is. They get super excited there. We didn't really mention that. That's, yeah. that's one of the few times you ever see them get really stoked about something they've together. done in this meth business together. Yeah. 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 You'll see like Jesse or something, you know, be happy with his buddies. But Walt actually gave a high five. Yeah. Yeah. It took a lot of prodding, though. 
Yeah. He was like, oh, no, no, no. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah Boom. That's yeah, the, <laughs> the height of their relationship. And then it just went down to <laughs> the depths of despair moments later. Sure. So we go back to the airport and Walt and Jesse say their goodbyes. And there's a, a little bit of tension here because I, I feel like this, they both think this might be the last time they speak. You know, Walt's asking him, like, make sure my family gets the money. And Jesse agrees. Um, I I feel like they both think this is it. Yeah. No, right? I I think that Walt thinks that. And Jesse is kind of cottoning on to the idea that, oh, yeah, I guess I'll see you. Yeah. And I guess so. Uh, true or false, Jesse get, gets Skyler and the kids the money if Walt dies in two weeks. Uh, assuming Jesse can sell that much meth. <laughs> well, that's a good question. I mean, his dealers. Let's, let's take I, his ability, but his okay. intention. I think his intention is to yes, give, okay. them, give them the money. I think Walt, and like despite everything they've been through and all the harsh words, I think Walt believes that too. Yeah, especially after their high five. Well, you know, then there are a lot of things. A lot of things happen after the high five. That's true. That's There's true. There's a lot, a lot of, of oh, that's the problem. You tried using your brain, and yeah, yeah, you know. So, yep. Uh, anyway, so Walt and his family are back in the doctor's office and they're giving some new, given some news that he is showing massive signs of remission, 80%, uh, tumor shrinkage. Everyone's shocked. Most of all, Walt. And the doctor says that, you know, he, he probably has some reactions to the radiation, which are causing his cough because finally Walt says, oh yeah, I was, you know, coughing up blood. Thanks for letting us know, buddy. Um, and the doctor's lying. No more secrets, Walt. This is this is going. This could kill you. It's so true. Yeah. So many like Hank quoting Godfather three. No, it's this is great. Just when you thought you were out, they pull you back in. Works on so many levels. So many levels. Let's talk about it. Let's let's break them down. First of all, I haven't seen Godfather three. Neither have I. But I'm not a fucking pop culture idiot. I know that line, and I kind of know what it's in reference to. So it's, obviously, he is a criminal. A gangster. Yes. He thought he was getting out uh-huh. through the pearly gates or the fiery gates, whichever one. But he was getting out, and now he's being pulled back in by the hand of fate. Yeah. Thought he was going to die, and I think he resolved himself to that at one point in this episode and was okay with it. Um, and, and that's why he has this kind of explosion in the bathroom later on. <laughs> Explode, a rage? A raging explosion. Explosion in the bathroom. In the bathroom. Uh, you know, he wanted to be out. He wanted to be out, and he got pulled back in. I think he he had this is the this just was, resigned himself. This was his his plan. Like it was finally coming to fruition against all odds. He had finally made because yeah. the, the other the six hundred eighty thousand or whatever that was with still oh. twelve gallons of methylamine to go. Yeah. Now they probably didn't get around to cooking the rest. Yeah. Because, can Jesse cook it? Uh... Uh, but but still. Uh, that is near enough that he probably would consider that successful, and then he gets to die, and no one's the wiser. Yeah. That's kind of the ending he wrote for himself. And now, Mm -hmm. the unthinkable. He has to deal with whatever consequences are going to come from from this activity. Yeah, and it's it's the combination of, you know, him, him being on the verge of getting out the way he wanted to, and now all of these lies that he still has to maintain... Um, he, he's continuing to hurt his family as he does this yeah. by lying to them every day. And that's one of the things he was struggling with on the cot in the RV. Sure. Just, he can't even keep this straight anymore. It's taking a toll on him. And I took this, um, I took this punching the hand towel as kind of like a Superman three moment. 
<laughs> it was good Walt and and bad Walt going to war. Uh-huh. And the, uh, you know, Walt staring himself in the fractured, you know, distorted, bloodied reflection indication that bad Walt has won. Hmm. You know, when yeah. Superman comes out of that trash compactor, it's the good Superman. Walt comes out of the bathroom, it's it's the <laughs> dented up, bloody Walt, right? I think so, yeah. I mean, you, you see the blood on the thing from his knuckles. Sure. It's pretty rough. Uh, the other The other way in which this line works is that Hank has no idea that his brother-in-law is a criminal. And so when he quotes that line, uh, he doesn't un- even understand quite how apt of a quote that is in that moment. Uh, so I really like that uh, in the, the way that that works. Uh, the other thing I noticed in this scene, uh, I didn't actually notice this. I saw it on Reddit, with which was like the only place it was. This is original Reddit research. I think so. Like credit Reddit. <laughs> credit Reddit on Reddit. Uh, Walt Jr. flips the bird in this scene. He sure as shit like, does. Like RJ Mitty flips a bird in this scene. Um, it's, it's when they're hugging, they're all kind of around the table and they're hugging the, the one of the Walt. final rounds of hugs. It's like, yeah. you know, over the doctor's bald head, the mm-hmm. whole family in a big hug huddle. And, and RJ mid has his arms slung around Walt's shoulder and he's just flipping the bird right Blatantly on his shoulder. Flipping the bird. Yeah. Right into the camera. Yeah. And apparently AMC didn't notice that because yeah. it is still in there. Was that a, just a, that's deliberate. There's, oh yeah. That is RJ Mitty go and watch this. I'm going to sneak this in. And he, I guess he thought that the, you know, Kelly Dixon's asleep at the switch because she decided (laughs) that was the scene to use. Apparently she was. Uh, Uh, Dean Norris, I can't tell if he looks at it and like, I don't think he could claps him on the back and laughs or if he's just in the moment of the scene. We watched this like JFK Zapruder style. Like just, and and we're trying to decide like, did Dean have a clear shot of the bird? Yeah. Was he clapping him on the shoulder for... Because that's the kind of guy Dean Norris... Oh, yeah. Uh, ...from all accounts is. Like, yeah, you did it. Or maybe I he bet him. Probably. Like, there, there was a 20. That would our bill on the line. I'd love to know the story on that. Yeah, well, if we ever get RJ or Dean... Yep. ...in an interview, we'll have to ask him that. That'd be cool. Um, anyway... Make it happen, Jenny, next year. Yeah. Gotta but, ask the tough questions. That's about all I have for this episode. You have anything else? Uh, they gave Dave Porter the week off. He didn't have to do an original mix. They played out, yeah. uh, I think it's called The Black Seeds, uh, One by One. It's a uh, hmm. song okay. talking about when the war's over, the fighting's done, we'll be lying in the sun. Which Good song. is ironic because the war is far from over, the fight is far from done. Walt and Jesse's already been lying in the sun. Yeah, I think that's how Walt kind of wanted to feel, <laughs> like wanted things to go. Another major plot hole. Walt did not come back from the desert lobster red. Like well, Scott was he, like, he sheeked you, did, up. He sheeked up pretty early. He sheeked up, but still. <laughs> but still. Uh, I, right. I feel like that uh, Scott would be like, did you spend the entire time at the retirement home or nursing home by the pool? Do they have a pool? What's Yeah. Did you not wear sunscreen? What the fuck? Sure. Previously on Bald Move Pimping. I am Jeff Bezos. Neil, before your copper lord. We will not back down from the dread Lord Bezos. Help us siphon off his pennies by going to Amazon.baldmove.com. My chief hoarding officer informs me that I have the power to reduce the retail price of a Walking Dead survival guide written by 1A Ron Hubbard. 
You wouldn't, you monster. I just did. The Bezos has miscalculated, Jim, because the only thing we're more pro about than penny thievery is our listeners. He just gave every one of them 200 pennies. So we had a bombshell dropped on us last week, Jim. We did. We got a lot of outpouring support. Most surprising, Audible, even though they're an Amazon company, they reached out and said, you know, what What can we do to support you guys? I'm like, you know, uh, ad campaign. All right. So now you guys are up to date on a little dust up mm-hmm. with Jeff Bezos. Got an email. Bear from Boston says, I love the Bezos Copper Empire thread you've created over the last few weeks. However, it bugs me a little because pennies are actually made of bronze, not copper. Hmm. Admittedly, copper is a primary component of the alloy bronze, but nevertheless, I wonder if, in fact, Bezos might be a centuries dormant Bronze Age warlord. Warlord! (laughs) Intent on reclaiming his empire through the use of metallurgically inferior, by modern, even Iron Age standards, weaponry. (laughs) Regardless, I admire many aspects of Bronze Age art, mythology, and culture, so I'll continue to fuel your... Uh, copper and bronze driven empire even though it might bring us perilously close to the rebirth of a bronze age warlord chaos via lord bezomort um sure i I would just say what better way to combat copper than with copper so as long as you're giving us the copper we're good and we did some research because you know like we 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 don't accept things we trust but verify here at bald move yep found out that uh copper pennies were 100 copper up until 1857 yeah, but then they were ninety five percent copper down through nineteen eighty three. At which point they changed to ninety seven point five percent zinc and two point five percent copper. They're always uh, clad in pure copper. See, I'm, I've got a little slightly different stats. Nineteen eighty two is the year that I'm seeing here okay. on uh, usmint.gov. So I think it's pretty official. Okay, um, I was off by a year. Nineteen eighty two. I did a little digging on Jeff Bezos. Oh yeah, I found out that Jeff Bezos is born in nineteen sixty four, and if you do the math. It makes him 18 when the penny changed to 95% zinc. Jeff Bezos becomes a man. Yep. First legally able to make contracts and form a business. Mm-hmm. And the United States Treasury decides to make pennies at a 97.5% zinc. Coincidence? I, I, we're just asking questions here, Jim. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to drop another question on you. All right. I just noticed in this episode of Breaking Bad, lots of talk about zinc mm-hmm. and copper and and reactions do you think that vince this is some kind of like illuminati style subliminal communication that that, that that somehow bezos and vince gilligan are in league i would not put that past the villain certainly. We, we, it, certainly it bears more research we need to uh, mm-hmm. go behind the scenes and see if there's any dirt underneath the villigan's fingernails any copper under those fingernails any any copper oxidization I, I, who knows we're just asking questions we yeah. we're, we're yeah. just doing the research who knows what conclusions we'll we'll find if you want to support us in fighting the bronze era warlord jeff bezos the copper lord please use amazon.baldmove.com uh it's a net it's just nothing but a net win for everybody you get the same same amazon greatness we steal pennies from bezos pocket he gets enraged Comedy will ensue. Amazon.baldmove.com. All right, let's do some feedback, yeah? I have a light smattering of feedback. Uh, first of all, from Australia, Shauna T, who says her name is pronounced with an R. And my mind boggled Shauna? because... Well, I'm like, is this like a uh, your dad kind of affectation where they just... Yeah. Like it's a Shauna? Shanar? Yeah. Shar- I was like, where does an R fit Sharna? in there? I, 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 yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Rashana? I just... <laughs> piece of shit out of me 
But Shannar T said, uh, <laughs> excited for uh, near, uh, Better Calling Saul nearly being here. But because we're in the yeah. delightful land down under, we have to wait until June until the show is available on iTunes. Damn, Otherwise, and then you're probably going to have to pay like $8 an episode for it. Well, the alternative, I guess they have this service called, that she describes as a, stre- a streaming pile of shit. <laughs> I like the streaming pile of shit called Stan. Ten hours a week. Called Stan? Yeah, it's a service called Stan. I, I'm Stan. Guess, I'm guessing it's a way for you to stream American TV. Streaming Television Australian Network. There you go. Boom, you cracked the case. I'm probably right on that, too, which yeah. is sad. I, I obviously, as a person creating content... Uh, I appreciate when people uh, use their money to support that. But these international cases, there's no defense for it. No. There's no defense for global, worldwide, day one release of all this stuff. Yeah, it's it's like an artifact of DVD releases. It, Nobody gives a shit. It's artifact when it took like four weeks to ship a container full of records and DVDs to Australia. Yeah. Like this is just bullshit. Everyone should be able to buy this stuff day one. Or stream it or whatever, make available. And yeah. I that's the that's one of the instances where if they don't make it available and it is available and you can't for whatever money get it, man, you gotta go to the bays of pirates. Well, that's a bad option nowadays. Go, go on to your your local streets and just find it, man. Just talk to people, say, I, I need that, I need that hot breaking bad better call Saul action. Yeah. Where can I find it? And you will find teens of that stuff laying everywhere. Just everywhere, sure. Yeah. But that's the thing. You don't want a te- you don't want like 15 <laughs> seconds of better. No, console. you're right. You're right. You don't want an episode here and there. You want a whole season. What's really ridiculous is when you go on YouTube to watch like a trailer. And I've I've seen this like as an oh, American. Oh, and they it's won't like, let this... you watch the advertisement. Right. Like this is not this has not been unlocked for your region. I'm like, "Fuck you. I want to watch your advertisement to entice me to give you money." Yeah. And I can't because I live in the wrong piece of dirt on this fucking it rock just, it's such a backward way of doing things jesus yeah it makes me sick it makes me sick shauner <laughs> i'm with you i'm with you uh liz g says even though i've watched this whole series i didn't remember how walt and jesse got out of being stranded in the desert you did not remember the robot construction yeah come on where they they build the megazord uh, I had a knot in my stomach watching this episode. The thought of them being stranded was so upsetting. The heat of the day and cold of the night was a lot for Walt and Jesse to withstand. Yeah. That stressful time in the desert is probably what led me to getting emotional when Walt got the good news from his doctor. Walt, surrounded by his family, who were also happy for him, got me a little teary-eyed. I choked up a bit, too, on the couch today. And I, it, at the whole time it was happening, I'm like, this is stupid. Why, why know, is this happening to me? <laughs> I, I, I don't understand these feelings in my chest. Uh, I know how it's this like is. like Data with his emotion chip for the first time. <laughs> yeah, it was just going crazy. Uh, I know my, how this is. My eyes are leaking. <laughs> it's, I, I, yeah, I, I don't get it. But it was effective because... Yeah, it was. Um, for everyone else but Walt in that room, this is like a miracle. And uh, even Skyler has been trying to pump sunshine up Walt's ass since the diagnosis. She, I think in her heart of hearts, was braced for the worst. Yeah, it's weird because she's the one trying to encourage him, right? But that that is very clearly just an outward affectation that she has developed and, and, and to can, encourage Walt, and not can, in her head. And you can tell it because of how resistant she was to believing. Like, this yes. is good. Is it good? Is like, you know, I need to see a Venn diagram of... Sizes of tumors. Yeah, eighty percent is that high? I don't. I yeah. can't do percentages anymore. Yeah, uh, it's not a hundred, but it's not the 
20 that he said. Right, right. Is that better or worse? I don't know. It's kind of like when I'm trying to calculate percentages. Yeah. I fuck up and I'm like, wait a second. Uh, no, I, I, I think that's why it works because it's a family that used to have a lot of love and affection. And, you know, the fact yeah, that, yeah. say what you will about Hank and Marie, and God knows I say a lot throughout the series, they're there for Walt. All oh, the yeah. time, yeah. They, I, I don't think that the White family even really wanted them there necessarily, um, but they were there and they were sticking. Yeah. So, and I think Hank genu- genuinely has a lot of affection for the. I mean, that's. Oh yeah, that's the subtleties of Dean Norris is that you know it's through season one, and season two, uh, you can tell that there is even though outwardly he's always breaking Walt's balls and all that, but you know Walt's the guy that came to his bedside and got his ass out. Yeah. Uh, you know, cured him of his PTSD with just just, just a couple of words. So mm-hmm. there's there is a lot of mutual love and respect, and knowing what you know at the center of this family and how bad it's going, it is it is kind of heartbreaking. Sure, absolutely. If you'd like to give us some more feedback, you can do so several places. Breaking good at baldmove dot com. Uh, you can that's probably the best best way. Uh, you can get into our forums at forums dot baldmove dot com. Uh, we have show threads and whatnot. Start your own if you have some questions or you want to take uh, talk spoilers. You can reach us on Facebook.com slash baldmove and join with the podcast and show threads there. Or you can tweet your thoughts a hundred how many what is it? What is uh, Twitter? 140 characters? Yeah. So weird. You'd think it'd be like 128. You, what the hell were they thinking? I, I don't know. What's man. the significance of 140 characters? Uh it might be the most characters you can put into one text message. I don't know. Oh, is it text-based? Is that true? It, it started, it? Yeah, it started out as like a text-based thing. Huh. Well, there you, you go. Text Twitter and get... But then my next question is, why 140 characters on text? Like, everything in computers is like... Yeah. Divisible by eight. The fuck? Yeah. You're fucking with the system. Anyway, Twitter at baldmove.com. Uh, no, no, no. Twitter.com <laughs> at baldmove. That's, that's an episode, man. All right, cool. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be back next week. Um, we have a spoiler section. Oh yeah, yeah, we do have we do have a spoiler <laughs> section. As, as I'm Speaking writing down of things, fucking with the system here. <laughs> I'm actively writing down things I want to talk about in the spoiler section, and I almost forgot to introduce it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to be doing a spoiler section right after the music. So if you don't want to be spoiled, uh, check out when you hear the music. If you do want to be spoiled, join us because we will be talking probably quite a bit about that stuff. Uh, until then, I'm Jim, and I'm Aaron. Yo, this is Captain Cook. Listen up. Mr. White and I have a new website. He was like, we could increase our website uptime way past 99.1% by joining Media Temple and some other science shit. I said, look, you may know a lot about chemistry, man, but you don't know jack about building websites. The guy is like 60 or something. But get this, he was right. No chili pee, just WordPress. The site looks dope now, and I got more cash than an ATM, yo. You should seriously up your game with Media Temple's WordPress hosting. Check out ballmove.com forward slash Media Temple and sign up. What are you waiting for, bitch? And we're back with the spoiler section. What do we have this week? Just, I just want to talk about more about this being such a pivotal full circle type episode because arguably, uh, you know, we talked about the nightmare scenario of Walt dying in the desert with all of his bad deeds laid bare, 
maximum impact to his family. He's, but you know, not even able to leave them the money. The end of the series is the flip side of that. He's found dead in a uh, in the desert, albeit on a Nazi compound. Yeah, next uh, to a bunch of meth equipment. And meth equipment. you know, uh, he's he's this notorious kingpin. It's it's ruined his family's life and their reputation. His his child hates him. His wife hates him. But he has been able to leave them the money. Yeah, it's like the inverse. Uh, you know where where we got here. And then where we ended up, they're they're the flip side of each other, and I think that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy what Walt goes through in that journey to leave his family this money. But you're right; eventually, he does kind of succeed. In episode five hundred eight, gliding overall, we revisit this mangled towel dispenser. And yes. After he gets another update on his diagnosis, this time it turns out to be it was bad. His cancer is out of remission. Yeah. Uh, and I remember at the time that I got a lot of shit for, cause that was my conclusion. He was angry and had this rage and he's beating this thing. And then in the climax of season five, a, he is just kind of accepting or relieved. Yeah. It's, and to me, that's such a polar opposite that mm-hmm. the diagnosis must be polar opposite. And I got a lot of, a lot of, uh, complaints about my analysis and i'm i was entirely correct that's all i want to say i was entirely (laughs) suck it listener boom boom uh so there you go yeah lots of comparisons of this episode to fly lots of you know as as a bottle episode kind of bottle episode um some some uh, homages there is that there's two homemade contraptions jesse's giant metal Q-tip mm-hmm. and, antenna. And, and Walt's homemade fly swatter. Yep. Uh, so they're doing dueling weird shit made out of twisted bits of metal. Uh-huh. Walt expressing concern for Jesse harming himself. Uh, you know, number one, walking out in the desert and running out of electrolytes and dying. Uh, number two, getting too high on this shaky contraption of shit that they've made. Um, and also Walt's kind of long, dark tea time in the soul. Um, oh, yeah. Brought on in this episode by dehydration and exhaustion. And the other episode brought on by Jesse's elixir of NyQuil or whatever he, he ground up and put in his drink. Yeah. I don't and know. made him start tripping balls. <laughs> um, and, you know, him talking about, I thought it was interesting. Also, he was trying to calculate the perfect time to die. Yeah. Which is where... You know, if if him dying in this episode would have been a worst case scenario, and him as actual de- death being a different type of wor- worst case scenario, it seemed like he was trying to split the difference. Like, yeah. where was the maximum amount of money? But I was able to see my daughter, and like, you know, when would be the perfect time for me to die? Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I did like that. There's also speaking of brilliant foreshadowing, um, and I, I remember I was watching this episode this morning. And we got to the scene where Walt's looking up the sky, and you see these contrails of jets kind of ah, converging. Yeah, yeah. Like, what the hell is this supposed to be telling us? And then I got to Syriable and looked at their Breaking Bad observations, and it's obvious. They showed a later sequence of a Q, John DeLancey, Jane's dad, looking at his uh, air traffic control monitors, and there's two vectors of aircraft coming in, almost the exact same perspective and vectors and all that as the contrails. So this was yeah. foreshadowing back in this episode of the plane crash. 
That's super cool, and that's the kind of stuff you can do very easily when you're plotting out a whole season. And know? it's the kind of thing that makes me think that maybe I'll like the plane crash a little better. I hope so, because you fucking hated it last time. I do. Time. I fucking hate it. I'm bracing. I'm trying to talk myself into loving it, because I don't want to have a just giant negative podcast about it. Yeah. Which, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I want to talk a little bit about Skylar and Walt's mom a little bit more, because that all comes back around once she goes, once she hears, you know, again about the second cell phone, um, at some point in this season, I think it is. Maybe yeah, right at the end of this but, season. You know, I I remember saying to you before we watched this episode, I'm really going to be looking for Skylar's reaction because this beginning of the season, she was so skeptical of him. Yeah. And at this point in this episode or this season, she's so accepting of him. And it reminds me a lot of like in, I think, season four of Justified, maybe season three, where Winona and Raylan have kind of reconciled. But it's clear that he hasn't changed his ways, but she's still just, like, really calm and accepting. Yeah, And you yeah, think yeah. it's like, oh, well, she's just learned to live with this. But no, it's the fact that she's already mentally and emotionally moved on. Yeah. And But she's not going to be – she's just going to leave. And That's totally the impression I get from Skylar with, with her stuff with her new job. Right. Uh, she's just kind of detached at this point. And, and, and very similar to the deal with Stan and his wife in the season two of The Americans where same deal. You feel like that they've reconciled mm. and she's trying but and yeah. everything's just kind of calm and she's putting it up and then she lowers the boom on him. I, I didn't get that. I looked really hard but it just seems like Skylar is back to being happy you know, loving Walt and, and there is no, not even a whiff yeah. of, I'm going to fact check your ass. Like Walt is saying all these things about, well, she's going to mm-hmm. check my phone record and all this stuff. But the easiest thing in the world for her to do is to call, call, call you up there or maybe expect yeah. to hear from you for once in the whole four days while you're out there talking to your mom. Yeah. Um, I can definitely see it that way. I could also see it from the perspective if she just doesn't care anymore. Uh, about what Walt is doing, she's not going to go investigate because she doesn't care. Um, but she doesn't care, that, then why the scene at the hospital where they're getting the, the news? Well, it takes her a long time. Like, she's expecting bad news. It takes her a very long time to even comprehend, oh, this is this means Walt's going to live. Like, maybe she's, gripping, she's grappling with that. Like, the idea that she was expecting Walt to die very soon, she was just going to wait it out. So you think this element is there? I think it might be there a little bit, because I don't know how else you explain it. Maybe I'm reaching for the sake of not having plot holes here, but I feel like if you don't say, okay, Skylar has checked out of Walt's life at this point, then it's very inconsistent behavior. Well, You're right. I mean, I guess if this is the first thing time that Walt has ever done something like this, which by all indications it is, and he is dying of cancer, then maybe she's just decided that this is weird behavior. It doesn't make sense, but, you know. He's also grappling with life and death Yeah, here. <laughs> like what is considered weird behavior when someone's going to be dying? Yeah. Um. So I, I don't know, man. I, I, I thought I was going to feel the same way, but I came with this episode just thinking that really Skylar is suckered in, and it's not till this later event where he's going under for surgery to, um, you know, to, to, to remove a lobe of his lung. Right. Uh, I don't know exactly what for, but, Um, uh, he's loopy. He says something. Don't forget my second cell phone. Yeah. Uh, she goes, Oh, there's, there's a red flag right there. 
he mentioned the second cell phone again, and then she goes fact checking. Yeah, so I, I feel like she's really been lulled back into believing. Plus, he's also kind of um, seemed like he's he he's been a little bit more on the down low about these activities. It hasn't been, you know, he hasn't had a fugue state, and he hasn't had to go yeah. get a, go away and kill anybody or clean up any bodies for a while. Yeah. Uh, so maybe she's just believing that the worst is over, which kind of makes maybe. it even sadder. But anyway. <laughs> sure, I, I just like how they foreshadowed. They they set they set that all up pretty well here. Um, with, you know, the Walt's mom and the cell phone previously. Uh, I think they, they do a lot to, to bring that around in a really satisfying way. Um, the, the One other thing I want to talk about is you mentioned Hank and how Walt kind of helped him recover from his uh, PTSD. Um, I, I kind of look at that and I say, hmm, if Walt hadn't done that, if Walt had just kind of let Hank stew in his own juices and be miserable and potentially quit his job, I mean, who know, who knows where that goes? But getting Hank out of that funk certainly contributes to him getting found out by Hank later, right? I mean, there's so many things that the Walt does along the way. Oh, I was going to say, like, why stop there? There's the yeah. glass of the the fateful glass of wine. No, there, there I mean, are tons of so things, many yeah. things where Walt. Hank's ready to tap out, and Walt reinvests him. This yeah, is arguably the first one? It might be. Like, I'm trying to think of another one. I don't think there is another one before this. I think this might be the first one. And the other thing is, I don't think that Walt knew that he was playing with fire at this point, at that point. No, certainly and, and, not. And, and where, the the where glass of wine, I think. Clearly, he was tugging on Superman's cape there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I thought that was interesting to just to take note of that. But that's it. That's all I've got for spoilers. I got a couple uh, email tags. Barry C. said, This ep- episode simultaneously was one of the stupidest but also funniest of the whole series. I know neither of you are big Sopranos fans. First of all, we got, I got to correct this misconception. <laughs> I've not seen The Sopranos. You can't be a fan because you've not seen it. What, I've, what, I've, I, what I have seen is very impressive. It does feel very kind of dated in 90s and places, but the acting yeah. seems phenomenal. Um it's it's definitely one of those shows where I I want I don't know when I'm ever going to catch up because every time I am like oh I'm going to finish the last season of Deadwood nope you got to fucking marathon the Americans and I, I, one of these days I'll run out of that shit to do because I other than I, I the don't second think you will. <laughs> well but here's the thing other than the second season of Hannibal I'm pretty uh-huh. much caught up on all current television like there's some things that we, we probably never will do like the broad churches of the world and the yeah you know yeah. lily hammers and the rectifies and stuff like that but I'm there's not something out there that's like coming up in the season 2 or season 3 that I just want to jump on board so maybe but then again I've hmm. said that a couple times yeah um but I just can't put it up in a top 5 top 10 cuz I just don't know I mean yeah. it's hard for me to imagine that it's going to change my top 3 but uh, it would not change my top three. But that's not saying it's bad. We uh, don't. We don't. Or rather, dislike I, it. I should say it does not make my top three because I have seen all of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I, know I, you, yeah. I did some. I marathoned it over the course of like a week and a half, and uh, I was uh, just blasting through it. And there was a lot of stuff in there that's bullshit. Bullshit. Now, um, there's a lot of stuff in there that's really, really good, but. Like, I can't point to any Breaking Bad and say, this is bullshit. 
I can point to some Sopranos and say this is bullshit. Uh, well, I unfortunately can. Uh, the I know ABQ you, episode. You don't is like that bullshit. I see. I don't think it's bullshit. I think it's it Unless stretches credibility. All right. No, I don't. I don't think you will. Okay. Uh, it's certainly the low point of the series, but that, like that's saying, you know, this is the that the the middle of the ice cream bowl is the worst. It's still fucking ice cream. It's still great. All right. Uh, I kind of have a similar take on like the wire. Like there's a moment in the wire season five where many people say this is bullshit. I don't have that. There's no one moment where I just think, mm-hmm. I, I think that it's just less strong overall. And yeah. the whole kind of newspaper arc is not as compelling as the things that came before. It's a damn shame that he couldn't have got that newspaper arc. Like if you flip flop this, I'm trying to think what you could do. Like, if you take a newspaper arc and put it into the dock work, worker's arc and then have to just close to the dock worker's arc, which Man, I think is I actually strong. I fucking love the dock worker's arc. I don't you want loved that. it? Yeah, I don't want that messed with. I no, no, no. It. I'm saying that you just move it into season, season five. Two? So now, like, you know, the, the newspaper, which is maybe less strong, but fall, season three, season four, some of the very tippy-top pinnacle of television history, I don't and want you end. Yeah, but I don't want to take the bad season and dilute other good seasons with it. I just want to remove a bad season and it's put a good a bad, season in its, it's place. It's not as good. It's like, it's like if, if yeah. season two, if, if Breaking Bad ended with the plane crash, that's a deal breaker <laughs> for me. And I feel like kind of The yeah. Wire did the same thing. We're way away from The Sopranos. I know. You took a, a left turn here. Let me. I just try to defend myself because I don't hate The Sopranos. I don't. You have, haven't seen The Sopranos. You can't hate The Sopranos. I've read a 50,000-word document about the end of The Sopranos. Yes. So, uh, and have strong opinions on something I haven't even seen. So it's like I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Anyway. I think that makes you an asshole. <laughs> Strong opinions on something you haven't seen, <laughs> by the way. Uh, Barry C. said, uh, have you guys, have you seen an episode where Christopher and Polly got lost in the woods? Yes, I have. It was almost identical in that it was a funny, stupid buddy episode where the protagonists almost die. They're isolated by their own stupidity, and it's almost independent to the rest of the series, not really moving the plot along. Many Sopranos fans remember and enjoyed that episode fondly, as I imagine many Breaking Bad fans love this one. Yeah, it was it wasn't bad. I was that, that a episode. pivotal? Was that the uh, before Woods, afterwards? No, no, I don't. I don't think so. Because uh, I, 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 I don't remember it super thoroughly, but I don't remember anything crazy happening during it. And then he also uh, gives us some shame for thinking that uh, um, he, although he does say Mad Men, Breaking Bad, and The Wire are all better by a big margin. That's kind of my top three. Mad Men, Breaking Bad, and The Wire. Yeah. Yeah, I like I'm struggling so like, with Game of Thrones. Like Game of Thrones, god damn that's a good show. I don't know where it fits in yet. Yeah, and I think um, like Boardwalk is I need in, to see the rest of it. That's the thing, like my top 5 would probably be Game of Thrones, Boardwalk, uh Mad Men, Breaking Bad, The Wire. Okay. In the reverse order of that. <laughs> Just to make it confusing. Just to make it confusing. For those playing along. So it's like, I awesome. it, it, I don't know what Sopranos have to do to crack that top five, but they could easily get in my top ten. Or it could be just like yeah. at the six, knocking on the door, and its only handicap is that it was old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's my thoughts on Soprano. Michael McBee, uh, I want to make a point on the smash paper towel dispenser. It symbolizes many things, his regret for what he's already done, but most importantly... When we see it again in Season 5, Episode 8, Gliding Overall, it's when Walt realizes that cooking isn't exciting anymore. He doesn't recognize who he is anymore from all the things he's done, from the cooking, from the killing, and so on. 
My favorite part of this is a bookends Walt's remission period. He destroys it when he finds out he's in remission, and then he stares at his reflection when he, uh, he learns it's back. Mm-hmm. We already talked about a lot of that, but I want to give him credit for that observation so he didn't think I just stole it. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I totally agree. I think um, that's why I think this episode is such a pivot point for this, this show. Mm-hmm. This is this is the uh, gateway from the small-time Tuco and well, Tuco's a little bit bigger time, but small time Tuco and Crazy Eight to Gus and the cousins and the cartel. It's like a whole other yeah. level of crazy shit. I I agree mostly. I th- I think there are multiple. You go from the crystal ship to the uh to the super lab. Uh-huh. I mean, that's this yeah. this is where this 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 pivot point happens. Sure, they have too much meth. They got to sell it. Okay, super lab me. Yeah. Um, the, the there are a couple of pivot points though for different aspects of this story i think you know this might be a pivot point for walt i think for his family the pivot point or especially specifically for skyler becomes the second cell phone and realizing and and starting to investigate that's when their relationship fundamentally changes Mm. and there is no going back um that's when they you know they start she investigates all that shit they separate uh that is irrevocably damaging their relationship right um so so for her that's a major pivot point I was trying to look, I was sometimes amazed um, on the BS report. Bill, yeah, I said Bill Burr. Um, okay. He's the guy that plays the redheaded the EPA agent, kind of fixer yeah. for Saul Goodman. And uh, he's a huge bre- fan of Breaking Bad, and he was talking about the behind the scenes. And I guess I didn't appreciate how close to being canceled Breaking Bad was on every season. Every like, season, even season three, like a lot of people think that's when it gained its steam, but oh. it was still like a million people and less were watching it week in, week out. And AMC was just like constantly on the verge of pulling the plug on it. Yeah. And then season four happened, and, and Bill Burr was talking about how Netflix turned that around. Oh, yeah. Like season four is when they tripled an audience size, and in season five, they doubled, and then season 5B, they doubled again, and they ended up being a six, seven million. You know, I think the last yeah. show was like a 10 million people watched it, something mm-hmm. crazy. But, you know, when we're watching this, never forget that. Why this was going on, less than a million people were watching each week. Sure. Um, so I just thought that was that was crazy. I had no idea it was that close to being canceled throughout its history. Uh, that's great. Uh, the, the last, like, 15 minutes of the podcast, they just talk exclusively about his experiences making Breaking Bad and what a big – how he got the part and big fan. It's the BS report on greatland.com. It's the most recent one. Uh, if you're a big fan of Breaking Bad you should, or Bill Burr, you should check it out. Check it out. Okay. Anything else? No, that's it. Let's get out of here. Cool. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you next week 